What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Bina. It's your boy, AJ. Welcome to our podcast, Can't Make This Up. Where we share our experiences and our views on the world's topics. We want to bring you hard truths and help you better yourselves with real talk and stories from our lives. I'm telling you, we can't make this up. What's good, y'all? As we near the end of February, we wanted to do this episode and reflect on Black History Month. We wanted to talk about our thoughts, how it was handled as we were growing up through the school system, and share how we think it could be better, and just reflect on the achievements and the struggles that Black Americans have had to go through throughout history. And with that, let's get into it. All right, all right, all right. So, February is coming to an end, the shortest month in the year, the one that they decided to go ahead and bestow upon us melanated folk the ability to celebrate our history. Well, let me let me let me just start off by saying that this month when I was growing up in Atlanta it never really felt like this was really Black History Month. It was just mentioned in school, but we never were really taught much of anything from my from my perspective and my experiences. I I don't know why. I just I just remember always hearing about, oh, you know, Rosa Parks, you know, she sat she sat down on a bus and didn't want to give her seat up. And, you know, uh, Martin Luther King had a dream. And yeah, you guys were given equal rights. It's pretty much how it went class. That that's just that's just and from my perspective. Like I'm not trying to make any light of it or anyone else's experiences, but I feel like with my experiences in school, that's what it was. And I want to thank my parents and how they taught me black history because my mother was always big on teaching me about a very prominent figures and the successes that um, our, our people had throughout history and the contributions that were made in American history. She was very, very big on that. And my dad taught me a lot about particular individuals who contributed to social movements and organizations and overall movements in general. My my, my father was really big. I mean, <laughs> being a you know this, and everybody else who knows me knows this. Um, I am one of the biggest, biggest Malcolm X stands. He was, is. <laughs> my my dad was really big in teaching me on who Malcolm X was. It was almost life changing to me and how I really viewed this man. I saw the movie Malcolm X and then my dad really broke down to me who Malcolm X was as a person. I think I was 12. He gave me the book that he had, the autobiography of Malcolm X, and I read it. I was like, why aren't we taught who this man is? Because everyone I would hear who vaguely knew about him was like, oh, like, he was violent. Martin Luther King taught us peace. And then when you really go into their words, there's a lot of cross between what they're saying. You know, the rhetoric is a little different, but the message is the same. That I just want to like, just really give my parents a, a shout out because they made sure that I learned, you know, the history of black Americans as much as they, they could teach me as possible. And that contributed to more of my understanding of African-American history more so than any other time 
all all the from K to K through 12 that I went through, you know, the school system, I would probably say I learned nothing. What about you? Pretty much the same that you were just talking about in the schools. I feel like you really just, you know, lost over slavery and then went on to the civil rights movement, but just really learned about MLK and Rosa Parks, right? Like that's that's really all that I feel everybody in the US <laughs> learns about. Like me personally, I was always a huge movie buff. I don't know. As a kid, I just always loved movies. That was kind of my um my escape and just my window to the world. I learned through initially films, but then afterwards, just my curious mind like pulled me to research things and just look it up. I'd I'd look up the story or I'd look up factors that I saw within the film, right? And then I would just go down this hole um, and just learn about a whole bunch of other things that wasn't even in the film. And I would, I, I don't know, like I just, I had that, that curious mind just made me um, want to learn more. And it's like, ah, like r- really, you you don't learn this in school. So that's how I would really learn a lot of stuff from growing up, like at least in from like middle school throughout the high school. Like that's, that's how I would um, do a lot of my own research. Even going down the holes, I found the story of the Central Park Five, now the Exonerated Five, way before Ava DuVernay's Netflix special. And then when I heard that it was coming out, I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, And, and then it was crazy just like seeing how everybody else um, in the world was finding out about the story. But I think this just kind of got me thinking about how this is why representation matters when we're talking about this note of, you know, in Hollywood and making movies, it's got to be done right. Stories got to be told right um, by the right people. But that's a whole nother conversation. Sorry. That just got that just got me started thinking about that. Anyways, yes, that's how I started learning about African-American history. So also what we have to kind of bring attention to is that, you know, we probably weren't learning this in schools or we weren't being um, taught properly because of the lack of black teachers or just just staff in general. And according to a report from the Department of Education in 2011 to 2012, 82% of public school educators are white, but it's only 18% teachers of color. And out of that 18%, 2% of the workforce are black males. I, I think that that's a very good point that there is a lack of black teachers that are teaching this, but then you probably have a lack of black administrators in general. And then a part of these right. higher education boards to help create lesson plans because we, we don't we're, we don't learn about a lot of these things that happen in black history. You know, the, the different inventors who have contributed to, to everyday things that we use today, like the traffic light or the 
the fact that almost the most popular snack for every child, you know, in America is, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was a black man who invented peanut butter. And, you know, we don't learn about basic things like that. We don't learn about the different things that have displaced and contributed to the oppression of African-Americans throughout mm-hmm. history, such as when, whenever after slavery, we dealt with Jim Crow. But then we were able to create these pocket societies within the country to create economic wealth and independence where there was the Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rosewood in Florida. And these were, you know, two communities, even Central Park that, that you bring that up. You know, Central Park was initially an African-American community. That And they were displaced and it was torn down to create Central Park. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma was considered the Black Wall Street. And that is considered one of the the greatest race massacres in American history. We don't learn about these things. It's American history, but we we aren't taught it. And but, you know, Mm -hmm. every other year we have to hear about how the descendants of, you know, you know, rich white descendants of colonials didn't want to pay some taxes so they dumped some tea in the boston harbor we we have to hear about that every year but we can't we can't learn about the truths of the different nuances that have that are interwoven with american society that was done to african-americans and that also african-americans have positively contributed to and that's why we have the misconceptions of figures such as Malcolm X or the recent movie that you and I both saw Judas and the black Messiah that was brilliantly directed by uh, Shaka King and acted by Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. It was, you know, the, the a misconception about the black Panther party was that they were a black version of the KKK, which couldn't mm-hmm. be far the absolute most farthest thing from the truth. They are as far apart as the East is from the West. So it's like, how how do we when, when do we start educating you know uh kids on these things and i've had my discussions with people on well i'm tired of black trauma films i i do enjoy watching films on black history and a lot of it is going to have trauma in it it just also seems to be that because it's not being taught in school systems this is going to be the only way these stories can get out there so I, I, I'm very passionate about the fact that black history gets treated as if it's, it's, it is a sub category, but it, it's a, it's ultimately a part of American history and it isn't treated that way. We only get taught about the positive things that the descendants of Europeans, uh, who became Americans have contributed to this country. And that's, you know, that's unfair and it's very tragic you know, for me and my perspective, you know, growing up and knowing about the accomplishments and the contributions of a lot of successful and important black figures in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Just on the notion of like learning about the positive things, right? On um, the advancements made, the lasting effects um, and changes made. When you think about how, how we as POCs have even the level of equality and equity that we have today, it's because of the civil rights movement, right? Mm, um, absolutely. 
when we think about the effect that that has even had on other things like the Immigration Rights Act, literally it has caused a domino effect. Um, And I don't think a lot of people even realize how all of these things that African-Americans have contributed, it has gone far beyond. The effects have gone far beyond just the black community. And it is amazing. I would agree. We had that to thank for, right? Now, on the note of like just learning about the terrifying and traumatic history that we have to learn about, I always think about how you always talk about this. You always talk about the contrast between how we have learned about this history in America in comparison to how Germany handled um, learning about the Holocaust. I want you to speak on about that because you you articulate that so well and um, and your point to it goes goes like right along with this conversation. So for for everybody listening, I I had the I had the privilege at one point in my life to live outside of the country for a little over three years. Uh, I got to live on the continent of Africa and then I got to live in Germany the year afterwards. And when I was in Germany and I was very surprised to see such a large pool of different ethnic groups there, I just kind of went there expecting, expecting to see a bunch of blonde haired, blue eyed people, which I did see there, but I saw such a mixed group of people, but the white uh, Germans that I encountered there were a very very open-minded group of people that I I spent a lot of time with. And I would have these conversations with them sometimes about their history and how they learned about, like, how is it learning about, like, your, your country was, was at one point in time responsible for all of these atrocities that were committed at one point in history. And how they, and going to, you know, I had the ability to go to Auschwitz at one point, and then I also saw, you know, the the Holocaust Museum in Germany, and the way they they treat it, even though that these are people who today are removed from those events, they were not a part of that. But you know, their grandfather or or you know, someone in their family was a part of the Nazi Party. They are so ashamed of that history that even if you joked about it there was one time we went to a bar the the group of the the group of you know service members that i was serving with there in germany we went to a bar one of them got really drunk and as a joke he did the nazi salute it was a joke and he did it really quick the germans who were there in that bar we had to pull him out because they was about to stop him and it was like, no, nah, they like they are so ashamed of that that they're they are absolutely just like we don't even want to look at it, acknowledge it. There's no Nazi flags up anywhere. You don't hear them speaking about, oh, this is my heritage or anything like that. You you don't hear that. They're so ashamed of the many things that they did or not that they did, but, you know, that their country had part partaken in in history that 
they want to remove themselves of it. They don't, but they've done a good job of educating the generations that existed after that World War II generation on what they did, what happened so that they don't make those same mistakes again. And you can go to these museums to get a firsthand view of what was done. The atrocities, like I said, if anyone ever has the ability to go to Auschwitz, it was one of like the, it was one of the most, it made my heart sink the entire time I was there. The fact that they're so aware of what they did, but then you take it over here to America and you can go to the South and everyone has the ability to wave the American, the, the, the Confederate flag, which was, which represented treason towards the union. And we're supposed to be one of like the most patriotic nations ever. Like we get made fun of as a joke in other countries, not like to be disrespectful, but they're just like, you know, America's the love of America. And we just want to know why y'all love America so much. And it's, it's so (laughs) funny, but because they're like, I mean, we're like this patriotic over a soccer game, but y'all are like America all the time. And, and, you know, to be over here and to see that, like, we can't even express that that flag and what it means, what it represents and what it was f- the people who fought for that flag, what they were what they, what they were saying through so many ways. It's astonishing to me that they can't understand that. And then to take down Confederate monuments and to say that we're trying to erase history. But there's no there's no statues of Hitler. There's no statues of anyone who was a leader in the Nazi party anywhere up in Germany. Like I said, you can go to museums and see it so that you can learn about it. It's in their textbooks to learn about it and who was a part of that. So you can still have those things taught in textbooks here in the States. You can put them in museums and have people go there and learn about it and see the faces of the figures and the the historical monuments put them in these facilities so that people can know when they can learn but to put that up there and to have these things up in display as if i'm supposed to as if i'm supposed to revere this person and then people always like to say well robert e lee didn't have didn't didn't want, didn't have slaves i'm like what is that supposed to mean to me <laughs> that this man didn't have slaves he still led the army that was for slavery. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, so the man they didn't have slaves, that's supposed to mean something to me. So when I when I got to see that over there, and then the fact you take it to Australia, they're also, you know, the, the majority of the population in Australia is white European descent. And they displaced the Aboriginal people who were essentially black people in australia they displaced them they at least have a national and now are they going to give those people back their land no but at least goodness gracious they have a national i'm sorry day where they all acknowledge the wrong that was done (laughs) to the indigenous people of australia i was like at least they have that over here it's just like oh y'all got black history month calm down but then today i can listen to some of my friends speak who have nieces and nephews and they can tell me I spoke to my 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 nephew today and he's in like fifth grade. I'm asking him what you learned during Black History Month. We're halfway through the month. And his nephew tells him, I don't know, Uncle, I ain't really they ain't really teach us nothing. So you guys want to give us this token of a prize, but then not do anything with it. But then I go to other countries and people are so ashamed. I can go to Johannesburg where I was there. And this lady told me one time. She said one time, you look like this celebrity who was also black. And I said, 
you're just saying that because we're black. And she was a white uh, South Africa, Afrikaner. That's the term for them. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not racist. I promise you I'm not. She was so terrified that I thought she was racist when I was joking back with her. And I'm like, I can't. I would not get that response in the States. So I, I find it funny while even though there is racism everywhere, the ability for other nations to at least make an effort to understand and to learn from what they did. But I but we cannot seem to get that over here. And this is over and over again, supposed to be. You know, just the land of opportunity for all people. But we're reminded that when the Constitution was made, it was made for white, wealthy and well-educated men. It was not it wasn't even made for white women in mind. So to expect black history to be done right when that Constitution was never made for us in mind, it it's 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 it's, it's discouraging and in a, in a lot of ways heartbreaking because America is my home. I'm not connected to um I I don't I I I revere the history of Africa, but it's hard for me to feel a uh, a genuine connection there because I'm cut off from it. I'm cut off from that history. I just know my dad is my I know from as far as my dad's history is, you know, I can at least say where his family, the the ancestors of my dad's family, I can say where they were dropped off in the slave ships. They were dropped off in the Caribbean, Central America. So I can say that at least. But it, when I think about all that and the comparisons for how other countries look at the oppression they've done and over here in America and the disregard for it in a lot of ways or the condescending nature for at least attempting to acknowledge it, it's it's wrong. And I want to be able to raise my own children one day in this society and knowing that they're going to be taught properly the wrongs that were done, but in a way that is genuine, that shows we as a nation have learned from our mistakes and we want to move forward. And to be able for, to, to have teachers and professors of other ethnicities be able to proudly talk about the contributions of African-American figures and leaders in this nation. The same way that you and I were able to get that from our white professor, shout out to Dr. Fye, who was able to do that and be and proudly be able to talk about how the organization, the organization of black leaders and organizations contributed to other movements. So I know I know it was long winded, but that's essentially the gist of it. I think the the real thing is that America ain't fucking ashamed. America ain't That's ashamed. That's the root of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like Americans are just living with their eyes closed. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I had one thing I wanted to add for our Black History episode was I had the opportunity when I was 19 to as a as a young marine to be a part of this interview where i sat i got to sit down and it was a very humbling experience to sit down with other marines who were serving while i was serving and they were a part of different age groups and different ranks they they made sure it was diverse we were all black and we got to sit with the first uh african american marines to serve um Really? And, you know, all of them, obviously, obviously older men. Uh, yeah, we, we had that opportunity to to do that. And we got to sit and talk with them and listen to their experiences and how they 
went through boot camp and the how it was severely segregated because I mean I served in the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps was the last of the branches of service to um desegregate and they had or you know, and to allow African Americans in and they had to be forced to do it more so than the other branches did and to listen to them and then to, I got out because I was the youngest there I got asked by the interviewer do you think your generation could have endured what they endured and like, everybody's just staring at me like what's what's the millennial going to say <laughs> and I'm like no I I said I don't think we could have done that it's not that we don't have strong uh leaders a part of our G- millennials and Gen Z it's not that we don't have people who carry that spirit today it's just that I feel like with a lot a lot of the distractions of social media and certain things I I just find it very hard that we would have done that especially with the fact that a certain amount of entitlement that we have and the way we carry ourselves we would not have been able to keep our mouths shut a lot of those guys and those those men kept their mouths shut the same way a lot of other protesters and people endured what they had to endure so that we could get the amount of progress that we had today. And I know me and I was like, man, some 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 white Marine would have said something to me the wrong way and I would have messed it up for everybody. <laughs> That's kind of what I said. And I I want to acknowledge those gentlemen and what they were able to do that allowed me to progress the way that I was able to to progress in the military and you know, without their contributions and dealing with the racism that they endured and not being thanked properly when they came back continuously from the wars that our country went through because African-Americans contributed to and fought in every single war that America has been a part of since this country's birth. And, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that. And that was a very powerful and humbling experience for me. Like I was just 19 years old. I'm sitting here with men in their 80s and stuff like that and I, or 90s. And I was like, <laughs> wow, like y'all still alive. <laughs> like I was like, whoa. And, you know, they sitting there. Yeah, because it, it wasn't like, that too. Yeah. It wasn't that too long exactly. ago. That's the crazy part. It wasn't that long ago. All of these things that. African-Americans have contributed to and the oppression that was endured. The fact that people in our generation can sit up here and tell me that their living grandparents or great grandparents were like, were slaves. So, Mm -hmm. and then we, we were taught when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and the Gettysburg address and all this stuff and the the emancipation proclamation. But us millennials, Gen Zers can sit here and say our we we know we have grandparents and great grandparents who were still technically slaves or were sharecroppers, and then so then you know what's not too long after that is Jim Crow, and then you know my my parents were both born in the year that MLK was assassinated, mm. so <laughs> none of this was that long ago. And we're still not trying to make any real progress to educate ourselves as a whole in this country 
on the wrongs that were done and also the positives that so many African-Americans have done for this nation. Mm-hmm. But we're just yep. told to get over exactly. it. And I think it's important to to take that initiative. You know, if, if you're not getting it in the schools, do your own research. Go and take that initiative. Do your own research. If you're in school, take an African-American um, history class. Take a race and ethnicity class. Something, right? I always encourage people to do that if they're in school. And even if you're not, you got the internet if you know if you have it like if you have the resources if you have the tools use them and i really urge especially non-black folk to do that and don't just learn about the history during one month i think it's important to make it a lifestyle to always do some learning to always support you know always support black businesses etc make it a lifestyle don't just do it during black history month Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, we have to realize we are more than athletes. We're more than entertainers. We're doctors. Mm-hmm. We're lawyers. We are people of the arts, whether it's drawing, painting, photography, you know, architecture. We have so many talents and we have contributed to not only America, but to the world in so many positive ways that mm-hmm. we owe it to ourselves to continue to educate ourselves on these great people and to be conscious of the history that we continue to make every day. And we can't, we always have to uphold our people like Brother Malcolm and MLK up to a higher standard, but we also have to know that we do have people today that are trying to carry the torch and we have to listen to them and make sure that they have a platform to continue uh the movement as it as it's been we 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 have we have to do that we owe it to ourselves we owe it to each other and we can't continuously look for the people that have the economic privilege and power to want to put it in for us to be educated like you said, we have to go out there and seek that ourselves. And we have to make sure that the generations after us are properly educated as well. Yep. And with that being said, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Please keep out watch for our next one coming up. As usual, follow us on all our platforms. You can find us on Instagram at CMTUPod. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts even SoundCloud, and our YouTube channel. So go out and go listen. Thank you, y'all. Peace.